Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education. I'm Aaron Barnes, and I'm the host of the show. And today I've got Justin Hunt as the co-host. He is Deputy Superintendent of Epic, and we are uh, actually at a professional development training right now that you've just spoken at. Yep. So the ambiance is hotel ambiance, hotel, uh, you know, waiting room ambiance, uh, if, if, if there is one, if you can hear it in the background. Um, so I ask everyone at the top of every show, who are you? What's your role to Epic? I basically just gave that away. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you, um, Justin? And um, what has your evolution at Epic been? And, and what brought you here? You had a pretty awesome gig before. What brought you to Epic? Yeah, so... Um as you stated, I'm, I'm Justin Hunt, Deputy Superintendent of Instruction. Um, who am I? What brought me here? So uh, let's see. I, I started my teaching career at, at Newkirk High School up in northern Oklahoma. And uh, from there, I, I got my first administration position at Harding Charter Prep, um, which is a charter school here in Oklahoma City, uh, an all-advanced placement school um, here in Oklahoma City. Um, and then, then came over to Epic. And uh, I think what brought me here was the, um, the, to be completely honest with you, it was it was the personal timing of being able to be remote. Um, I was going through a lot uh, within my family, and, and to be able to be remote at that time in my life was extremely important. Um, I had I had known um, Ben and David, uh, the uh, the co-founders. I had met them through other um, association meetings within charter school association meetings, um, and had grown to to really be interested in their vision and mission of individualized education. Um, you know, I think it really aligned with uh, my vision and mission of education that every student is different. Um, and uh, that's so when, when uh, I mean, honestly, David Cheney reached out, um, connected Bart and I, which I, I had known Bart previously. Bart had visited my school um, when he was at um, Stidham. He had visited my school and, and uh, wanted to know more about what we do. Um, so Bart and I had already had lunch together and, and had met as, um, as, you know, colleagues of, of different of superintendents of different schools. Um, and then I just, you know, after sitting down with Bart, I knew, um, based on my previous knowledge of him, that that's where I wanted to be. Uh, you know, Bart is, has a very infectious, infectious leadership style. Yes. Um, he's very easy to follow. Um, and uh, his his way of um, uh, asking folks to lead with him and not necessarily follow him um, really really drove me to come here. So I started as a managing director of instruction, um, which which I mentioned in today's in today's um, session was really difficult. Not being a teacher, not being a principal, and, and starting at the mid level management um, was was difficult because Epic is different. Um, so I had to learn a lot and I learned a lot in my first year and I'm, you know, still learning a lot about things that I don't know about Epic, which I think most people do, um, over the course of their years at Epic. So, um, anyway, and, and, you know, kind of from there, what I always say is I've, I've followed Bart, <laughs> you know, he was an MDI before I got here and then he moved up to assistant superintendent. 
and then um, I joined the team of MDIs when they expanded from one to three. Um, and then when he moved up to superintendent, I moved up to assistant superintendent and uh, uh, Kenneth Drake and I uh, replaced him when we when growth needed two of us. And then, you know, as this structure change happened, um, uh, you know, I was I've been blessed with the opportunity to to stay directly underneath him and now lead the assistant superintendent. So um, that's kind of my evolution of Epic. Um, it's very it's a very interesting evolution and I think it's unique, um, but I'm excited to be here and enjoy every day of it. That's awesome. I just learned something about you. I guess I had no clue that you were previously at an all advanced placement school. Is that what you just said? Yeah. So Harding Charter Prep is, it's all pre-AP for ninth and 10th graders. And then, um, well, there's some sophomore AP level, but then all advanced placement for 11th and 12th graders. That's wicked awesome. And for anybody who's never had Bart as a direct supervisor, uh, my favorite quote by him, uh, I think it was year four, my year four here, uh, he became my direct supervisor and he told me, Aaron, I'm going to trust you to do your job. Yep. I'm going to give you just enough rope that you feel like you're going to hang yourself, but you won't. Yeah. And and he's always stood by that. Um, he, <laughs> we talked about drinking the Kool-Aid when, when you were in there and somebody said they should put Kool-Aid out here. And I thought it would be way better if they did because it really is like once you get in here there's this this vibe of you know we're doing the right thing and you just want to be a part of it and and it's awesome um so you spoke here at this conference about rigor relevance and relationships and i loved what you said like it should be backwards relationship relevance rigor uh well and i'll i won't skip ahead but what is rigor relevance and relationships to you? What does that mean? Well, to me, it's it's kind of a foundation or three guidelines that can guide you in, in everything you do as a teacher. So, you know, as I mentioned, first and foremost, it has to be relationships. And I think that's everything in life. Um, you have to build a relationship in order for that person to trust you. And if that person doesn't trust you, um, then they're not necessarily going to buy into to what you have to say. Um, but with students especially, um, if they don't trust you and know that you care, it's tough for them to follow you and, and to, to feel connected to you. So I think relationships is number one. Um, I'm, I'm of the mindset that not a lot can happen without a relationship built and a positive relationship built. Um, if, you know, and, and one of my favorite quotes in dealing with relationships um, in terms of first impressions and things is, um, you know, truth is negotiable, but perception is rock solid. You can't, you, it's tough to argue one's perception. So the first impression and the first time you go to build a relationship with someone, if they have a negative perception of you, that's going to be extremely difficult to overcome. Yeah. You know, no matter what you, what you meant by what you said, the truth, we can argue about the truth all day, but the perception I gave or the perception that was received is rock solid. It's, it's tough to change. That is so true. And I've met families. I've spoken with families as I've moved them from one teacher to the next to find that fit. Uh, it was the tone. It was the look. And then you, you talk to the teacher. She's like, the look, I don't even know. I had allergies or whatever, but it doesn't matter. The tone is set. Um, and, and sometimes things will just never get accomplished if you leave it in that place. I mean, I know, uh, one of the guys here at Epic, um, phenomenal teacher, a teacher. I don't know if we're still using that terminology or not, but like every year, just a solid rock star teacher. And, and 
when a family asked to move off of his roster, I thought, what are you doing? Why? Like, I don't get it. Um, but, you know, they had become truant under this guy. And uh, they moved to an, another teacher who just had a warm, caring smile. And they became NHS and salutatorians uh, throughout the rest of their, their journey. And to go from being withdrawn uh, for not doing any work to salutatorian, uh, you know, maybe it would have changed over the time, but, uh, but that initial meeting was uh, 100% what set the tone and said, we need to get a different teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the relationships piece, I just, in this model, uh, I'm about to start my 11th year and, um, let there be light. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I've been to weddings and uh, three weddings from previous students here at Epic. And this September, I'll get to sit in the birthing room of a student that had graduated five years ago. And I'll get to be there for the birth of her baby. And how just awesome is that? I mean, those are the relationships you build. And you end up, you know, especially once they graduate and move on, they want to come back and still grab wisdom and, and grab mentorships and discipleship and stuff like that. And so the relationships we invest in here, uh, come back tenfold, uh, just as far as, uh, I don't know, allowing you to feel like a human. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's a lot more important in a virtual world as opposed to a traditional brick and mortar world, because they don't have those other peers sitting next to them in a row. Um, you know, we do have student activities, but they're not as profound as a traditional brick and mortar student activities would be to where a student can actually socialize with, with other folks as much as, um, a traditional brick and mortar. So the teacher, I mean, I say it all the time. The teacher is the boots on the ground. The teacher is the reason why we grow the teaching. The teacher is the reason why, um, there are either positive or negative relationships, um, with our students and their families. And it's, it's vitally important. Um, that teachers realize that and understand that they are epic to that family and that community. I know one of the things we're changing this year um, is that the the counselors are going to reach out more. The principals are going to reach out more and just kind of check up. Um, in the past, you only really heard from your principal if things were going poorly. Mm-hmm. And we, we're trying to change that a little bit. And, and I, I know we're trying to make a push that way, but if, if it teacher is mediocre enough or good enough the the parent has no idea who any of these other people are and so they're only going by what that teacher does and obviously we hire the best teachers so we you know don't have to worry about that too much but um but our teachers are everything to those families everything yeah absolutely and and you know that you know that's positive and negative i think one of the things um, that, like you mentioned, we are trying to do is, is give that family more, um, more involved, more, more connections within the organization. So instead of like a plant just having one root in the ground, now a plant has multiple roots in the ground to where they have hopefully a great relationship with the GSS for scheduling and courses and hopefully a great relationship with the principal and then hopefully a great relationship with, you know, if it's a secondary student, a scholarship counselor or something like that. So. Um, the more we can get these families invested and connected um, into the organization, I think uh, the better off we'll be. So you've got rigor, relevance, relationship, the three R's. And when, when I originally Googled this, it was reading, writing, and everything. Like, right. you know, yeah. uh, but can you have 
rigor without relevance? Can you have relationships? Well, you can have relationships mm-hmm. and not bring rigor yeah, and relevance, yeah. but what does, I mean, what's the percentage of each that has to be given? And can you, can you get what we're looking for if you're not providing all three? I don't think you can get what we're looking for in that student success um, if you don't have all three. Um, in terms of percentages, I, I would say, uh, you know, being me being a nurturer and really big relationship guy, you know, relationships are probably, you know, 50% with rigor and relevance, you know, being equal after that. Um, and that's just, that's just where my priorities fall. I think everybody's a little bit different. I think you could argue that they could all be equal. Um, but to answer the question of it, can you have one and not the other two, or um, I, I think you can, but not with success. I think uh, things have to be relevant, um, and things have to be rigorous. You know, if it's relevant but it's easy, have you really, have you really tested that student's knowledge, and have you really allowed them to dive deep, um, or into level two and three thinking, level two and three knowledge, um, or do they just know a definition? Um, you know, can they can they just spout it out of their mouth, or do they really know um, a, a deep a deep knowledge uh, of certain topics? And then, in terms of relevance, you know, like I mentioned um, earlier today, um, things have to be relevant. Or, or stu- I mean, students are smart. You know, kids are smart. They know if you're just asking them to do busy work. Um, they know if you're just asking them, you know, to do things to check a box. So um, I think. I think in order for student success to happen, all three of them have to be in place. Um, I would obviously, as I've mentioned, prioritize relationships first um, because I, it's my belief that if you, if you don't have a relationship, um, you don't have trust. And in order, to, in order to move the meter, in order for students to believe in what you're trying to get them to do, um, then you have to have trust and you have to have a relationship built. That's awesome. Uh, what's your plan? As deputy superintendent, uh, how are you going to ensure all the teachers are working under this framework? I mean, it's a big job. Yeah, it is a big job. Large organization. Um, but I think the greatest thing, you know, that I can say about this is we have all the right people in the right places. Um, I think that, you know, uh, we have great assistant superintendents of instruction. Uh, we have great managing directors of instruction. We have great principals. And all of them are on the same team, as I mentioned on stage earlier. Everybody in this organization has the same vision, the same mission. Um, there is there is no way that Bart or myself uh, can ensure that all 2,000 plus teachers are doing what they need to be doing. You know, we you know it, it's important that um, that the folks that that are closest to the boots on the ground have the trust in the leadership and and know the vision and the mission and. Uh, I think for the most part, we, we've just got to get back to the basics. Um, English language arts and, and math, and uh, those are the two most important things because that's, that's what we're measured by, by the statewide virtual charter school board uh, for the majority of our framework. And we've, we've got to get back to, to moving the meter in, in those areas with state tests and, and uh, student growth. And, and that's, we've got to get back to face-to-face, Aaron. I mean, you know, you and I are sitting here face-to-face a year ago today. We probably wouldn't be. No, um, exactly. And I think that, you know, everyone over the course of the last year has gotten comfortable and somewhat efficient in doing things virtually, and that's great. There, like I said earlier, there's a place for virtual, but the meter really moves when you're face-to-face, and we've, we've got to get back to that. That's, that's, you know, that's where we started with this model. Um, 
virtual has made it a lot easier, um, but easy isn't always the best way. We just surveyed families, and, and you guys are about to get that data, so I hate using this as an example, but we just surveyed families. Um, why did you re-enroll? Why didn't you re-enroll? And of the, the smaller portion, for what it's worth, that did not re-enroll, um, the expectation just wasn't set up front of what this was going to be. They, they had no clue that they were going to be the ones that, you know, had to be responsible or that they were going to be alone, that they were going to feel so alone. And that face-to-face component, even if it is uh, once per week, that once per week is so much bigger than see you in April when you show up to mm-hmm. state testing. Uh you know, you can hug a kid in that time. You can, I mean, do so many more things, even in once a week, that we could just not do over the last year and a half. And and I, I really do think because that relational part was lacking, I mean, I, I don't want to say it wasn't existent, but because it was lacking uh, without the human interaction, I, I think that a lot of the we're not coming backs, um, they, they're not coming back because they were missing that. And... And while it's not daily, you know, uh, like like their school up the street, um, a lot of the families that chose to stay said, I can't wait to get back to one-on-one. I know this year is going to be different. We're staying around because we know what it used to be. Uh, lots of those reasons. So um, the, the relational part is huge. And even in a virtual school, yeah. uh, it matters. It just matters. Yeah, it does. You know, I think... I think we can check the box and we can get the quote unquote job done virtually, but I don't think we move the meter as much as we can unless we get face to face. And I think that's, that's most important. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, and I think the, the way that we do that is get back to the basics and get in front of these kids and, and, uh, teach them face to face and get back to, you know, what we truly are. And that's Epic one-on-one. Mr. Hunt, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been awesome talking with you. It's been awesome letting the families hear directly from you. Uh, Tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.